One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle with me, Scarlett Russell, entertainment editor of the Sunday Times Style. This podcast was created so I could sit down and have conversations with inspiring female founders about their career stories. And for us, it was people were seeing exactly what they were sending because they were buying it. They were buying the pads. We said, we want this and this and this. And they said, OK, used their own money, bought it, sent it to us. Spanning industries from fashion and tech. No one had ever said to me, you can work in technology. My idea of what it was to work in technology was to be a software engineer and, you know, write lines of code, create software. To publishing and food. I was so poor, I couldn't... I remember looking at the cupboard because I couldn't afford any food. I remember looking at the cupboard and being like, huh, what can I make from what's right here? Each week we'll discuss the practicalities of starting a business from scratch. It's actually the most difficult part of the side hustle because that's what takes up the time. So that's real, you know, I literally do everything at the moment. I'll be delving into the personal and professional experiences of turning a side hustle into a thriving career... In this episode, I sat down with Annie Redoubt. Annie Redoubt runs online courses for freelancers and entrepreneurs. She is the founder of digital parenting and lifestyle platform The Early Hour and author of The Freelance Mum, a flexible career guide for better work-life balance. She's 34 and lives in North London with her husband and three children. Let's meet her. Annie, welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle. Thank you. So you started the early hour in 2015. Yeah. So can you just tell me a little bit about, so I want to get into everything that you've done, your online courses, all of that, but I want to start by asking your career up until the early hour and how that idea came about, what you were doing before and yeah, how that came about. Sure. So I trained in journalism and then I, moved, I left London for a couple of years, did various jobs, um, working on regional papers, and then moved back and got a really well-paid job as a copywriter. So it wasn't exactly what I wanted to be doing, but it was full-time and it was the most money I'd ever earned, so I was quite happy. And then I got pregnant with my daughter and discovered uh, that I wasn't going to get any support from them. I was a contractor and that as soon as I gave birth, my contract would or stopped working, my contract would be up. And so I had a meeting with HR and said, you know, is there any any way you could give me some support, if not maternity pay, like keep my job open for me? And she just said, no, we can't guarantee anything. They're completely unsupportive. It was a very male, kind of like 95% male employees. They hadn't had many people go on maternity leave. I think I was the second ever 
even so, um, it was maternity discrimination. I didn't realise at the time. Um, so instead, I just like left the meeting and cried. Oh, <laughs> and, um, terrible. Yeah, it was it was really bad. And I'd kind of had this idea that I could have a baby and have a career and it was all like, it was all really sorted. So then I left to, I worked right up until the birth, gave birth and spent some time with my daughter. And you don't really know until you have a baby how you will feel about work. I think I had assumed I'd want to work like really soon after and then had her and realised I did want to actually work quite soon after, but I needed to be at home. So I wanted to be with her, but also working. So I started looking into jobs I could do from home, like transcription and all these like random things that I could do on my computer while she was in the bouncer next to me and did like wrote a few articles, did some copywriting. And then I'd saved 10 grand from my job that I was basically fired from, um, which covered me for with kind of it supplemented my maternity pay. So I had about a year where I'd be okay and then worked on a magazine for a little bit and then decided to set up my own online magazine so that I couldn't be fired again and so that I could put everything I'd learned about writing copy I'd been blogging for years so I knew about um, kind of putting content online sharing it um, using social media to leverage more traffic I learned about SEO and all that sort of stuff so I decided to launch an online magazine mostly for parents, but not just for parents, um, called The Early Hour, which would publish articles at 5am every morning. And then that became my my business and my online magazine and kind of everything I was doing. And everything you mentioned, the CEO, the social media, did you was that all self-taught or did you do a course or anything to teach you about that? So that was all self-taught. It was just stuff. I'd been blogging since like... I think 2007 or something and I just would it was like a sort of online journal and I'd put up blog posts and then they'd be shared on Facebook and I'd see the traffic coming in and it was kind of exciting but I didn't realize I could monetize it at that time so I just carried on blogging writing lots of like feminist stuff um, about women's issues and then the SEO I started to look into when I so I launched the early hour and I knew that to monetize it I need needed as many views as possible so I started looking into how to achieve that, set up um, social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and then looked into SEO, which is about how how Google ranks you. So I wanted search engine search, optimization, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted people to be um, looking for like early morning content, content about parenting and for the early hour to pop up. So I had to start looking into what key terms to include in my website and in articles and to tailor the content to um, lure the right people in. And, and you managed to do that. And I did it, yeah. So I didn't do any training at that stage. That was just stuff I picked up and from sort of talking to people, a lot of Googling. Mm-hmm. But then I did a Princess Trust course, business okay. course. So that was, I launched the early hour in the September and I think in the November I did the course. And that was four days. And it was like, as soon as you arrived, you are an entrepreneur, you're a business person, this is a business. It's, you know, I'd kind of, I did see it as as everything I was doing and as a business, but maybe... In the back of my mind, I was like, is this a mummy blog, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I didn't want it to be. So it was really nice for them to take me seriously. And they taught me lots about marketing, about monetizing, about social media. Um, and that's, yeah, that's when I really started to see it as a business and registered it as a business. That's incredible. So you yeah. learned a lot from that. And so, yeah. so then you found... Books- 
you found this kind of great audience um, and it grew quite quickly after that, didn't it? You've got something like 11,000 Instagram followers now, this great platform. So how did how did it then continue to grow? So, yeah, the first month I was amazed because I thought I'd have on my blog, I was probably having a few hundred hits a day. And then on the early hour, because I launched and made a big deal about the whole thing and treated it like a business, everyone around me or my friends and family shared it on Facebook and it just kind of spread. And also there wasn't there are lots of mummy blogs which have their place and can be really useful but there wasn't anything that was for dads as well and that was just a bit more kind of open-minded um it wasn't I wasn't telling anyone how to parent it was just looking at people's journeys challenges um so I guess in that sense it was new so people yeah it was social media I think that sent a lot of the traffic initially and from there, um, when people were going on the early hour, they'd then click through to the other social media channels and start following me. And then the Instagram grew quite quickly. There's a really good, like, supportive parenting community on there. Oh, right. So, Were you writing all the content or were you getting other people to write content for free? I was. It was all for free initially. So I wow. was writing... I put together loads of content to launch with I've got lots of friends who are journalists who kindly wrote articles for me to launch with and then once I started a few months in I was able to monetize it a bit through sponsored content and um, once there was a bit of money coming in I started paying people to help me out because also when you start bringing in paid writers they share it with their followers and it just yeah. helps to kind of grow the business and, yeah it becomes much more of a business a legitimate business yeah. rather than okay and how did you get the sponsorship that's interesting so that I started having people come to me who would want me to link through from the early hour to their website and I learned the hard way that you should only link to really legitimate sites <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't linking to dodgy sites porn or anything <laughs> but um, there were like yeah, there's just this weird thing where even some quite big sites want you to link through, but Google can sense, almost sense if it's being paid for rather than like it being proper content. Because if you duplicate content, it's bad for SEO. So if they've also paid someone else to use the same content on their website and then I put it up not knowing, then Google will penalise me and my site will, the early hour will kind of lower So where, where can you link back to? How, so is it brands, so you, you should, brands, things you, like that? Yeah, um, that was a, a travel company, a massive travel company. They, um, it was all. It's this really weird undercover thing. If you set up an online uh, platform, you start getting these weird emails from people who are like really shady. Don't tell you their names. It's like this this weird underground movement for getting a link through. So what you need but to do? Just is... send me your bank details. <laughs> yeah, Don't exactly. worry about anything else. No, there'll be that. It will be like um, we'd love a link on your website. We'll pay you fifty dollars. It's always in dollars. Oh, okay. Anyway, so they weren't good. So then I I did a few of them and then realised that was um, a bad move. So instead, I would only do it with brands who wanted it to be like, you know, out in the open mm. um, and worked with water wipes and some like pair other parenting brands. Fantastic. What a great yeah. way to monetize. Um, yeah. Such a great hustle. Presumably with your background in journalism, you had a lot of contact contacts on magazines. So when it came to doing your own PR, would, did you already somewhat have your foot in the door where you had people, the editors you could go to and say, oh, I want to write about this. Or I want you to write about this. Um, how did you navigate the PR journey? So I didn't really have people coming to me because everyone I knew who worked on a newspaper or a magazine 
didn't want to talk about a digital magazine because it was mm, I wasn't competition, competition necessarily, but yeah, okay. a little bit. Um, and it's harder to create a story around it. But I, through the Princess Trust, had a mentor called Tracy, who was amazing. And she had done the PR for a massive beauty brand. And she taught me that you, if you want to secure PR, you need to create a PR story. And we then kind of worked out that what my story was is that I'd lost my job when I was pregnant and I'd uh, set up this parenting platform and, and, you know, went on from there. So we created this story. I ended up pitching it to The Guardian when they had the women in leadership section that's sadly no longer there. Um, And I got commissioned to write about the early hour. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I can see how this works. So then I found some like tricks for getting featured, um, in other newspapers and magazines and yeah soon I was just wheeling wheedling my way in <laughs> and that's really interesting so have your own PR story that's great advice as well isn't it so think about how you can um have a unique point of view that's sellable I yeah suppose, so rather than just saying um I've launched an online magazine and you need to talk about it um it needs to be you know why should they talk about you what's the like the gritty real life um element of your business and through this point as the early hours growing and growing were you working on the side also as a freelance journalist to, to get the money coming in yeah I was doing some freelance journalism um I was blogging I then got a book deal yeah so tell us about this the freelance mum yes which is out now we should say <laughs> that came out earlier in the year okay so that I really wanted to write a book and I pitched a book off the back of the early hour which was about telling the parenting stories you don't normally hear. So it was parenting around the world, I think it was. And I got on really well with the publisher at Fourth Estate, Michelle. And it kind of looked like it was going ahead. And then suddenly it went really quiet. And uh, I thought that was it, dream over. I'm not having a book published. But then I'd pitched, so Michelle had said that when you pitch a book, you should have an idea about how a, a column you could write alongside it. For the PR so I'd pitched alongside pe- the truth about parenting or whatever it was called a column called the freelance mum which was like a funny look at um, me as a freelancer and all the I guess the challenges and Michelle came back to me and said how about writing a book called the freelance mum that's really interesting lots of women are going freelance after they had kids mm. and I started looking into it yeah and it seemed like a good idea so then that became the book deal that I was offered and the book is a collection of you speak to other freelance mums don't you and you get their kind of anecdotes and advice yeah so it's a guide to setting up as a freelancer after you've had kids I've had dads read it as well and people who want to go freelance who don't have kids um Mm. but it's like a step-by-step guide it's um what your freelance career path should be or small business it looks into that as well and then how to do your own PR, how to network. Um, there's a conference chapter. There is a chapter on childcare. Um, so, yeah, it's just everything you need to know to set up as a freelancer, which took me like quite a few years to work out. But I've put it all into a book to make it easier for other people. And now you've just in the past month had your third baby. Yes. So congratulations. Thank you. How do you do the juggle then between working from home and having three kids? How, how do you make that work? Um... Well, I think with one, it, was, it wasn't it was easy, but it was quite simple because I only had to look after her. So I would work when she napped. Like when she was a tiny baby, she'd be in the bouncer and I'd get stuff done. And, there, and I got her into a really good napping routine, which I know not all babies will get into, but you can try. Okay. And then with when I had my second, it was really stressful. I had a really like horrible few months of 
two children, potty training one, a new baby. I was breastfeeding, was exhausted. Mm. And I just felt really anxious all the time. Because I was trying to put, I was putting out content every day on the early hour, doing social media and trying to network. It was just way too much. Mm. Um, so eventually I decided to put out less content. So I don't put content out every day now and didn't ever really make a difference to the amount of views. As long as the content's good and it gets shared, that's really what matters. So I, yeah, I'd, I don't know. I guess I started to find it a bit easier at some stage having two and working childcare both of them had some childcare from nine or ten months so my daughter was looked after by my sister one day my parents one day a Aww. week and then my son we had a childminder who came to the house from when he was 10 months old okay so it's all kind of close to home and it was mm. all quite familiar but it did mean that I could just actually get my head down without having to worry about when they were going to wake up and then I had a third <laughs> <laughs> and um my husband because I set up these online courses um and I'm earning good money from them. He's been able to quit his job as a builder. Yes. Yeah, so let's. Um, that's Rich, your husband, isn't that's it? Rich, yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the online courses then. This is the kind of latest venture of your of your side hustle. Yeah. Um, tell us about the courses. What they are. What they do. So the courses. The first one I set up was about how to do your own PR because mm-hmm. I'd worked it out with help from this mentor, and then I started to do it. And I realised that coming from a journalist's perspective and then I'd worked as an editor on the early hour I knew what editors and journalists wanted how they wanted to be pitched to so I decided and lots of people were saying to me that was the part of the book they found really interesting if they'd set up a small business they wanted to get PR for their business so I decided to launch a course online course that would teach them how to do their own PR and go into a lot more detail than the book did and I launched the course to start in April and it had 10 spaces. It was April this year. April this year. Yeah. A four week course and there were 10 spaces and I'd give feedback each week and it sold out like in two days, which was amazing. What, what is an online course then? People, you don't actually meet the people, but you give them advice over, over video and Yeah, and so like there's okay. video and text content. So they log in on a Monday and they would have a new <clears> module <throat> available They'd read through it. So with the PR one, the first modules, um, finding your PR story. And then on that particular course, they would submit. I'd set them an exercise to write their PR story. And then they'd submit it by the Friday and I'd give them feedback over the weekend and then start the next module the following week. So we're in contact through email a bit, but it's just all online, no face to face, no phone or anything. And so that one sold well. And I was like, this is good because I'm having another baby. It'd be quite nice to have money coming in like this without having to kind of pitch and be commissioned and stuff. So I set up another course called Becoming Your Own Boss, which is helping women mostly, but anyone could do it, Mm -hmm. to set up a freelance career or a small business. And that one sold out too. And I also did a second month of the PR one. And I was charging £200 a space for becoming my boss, £300 for the PR course. So the money started rolling in. Wow. And, um, and then I was like, what I really need. You're onto something here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's going to be massive. It is massive already, this online course industry, but it's going to, I'm not saying I'm going to be massive. No, no, it's good. <laughs> No, it was well, just maybe. I think you are. I think you will be. But no, that's really interesting about the online course industry. The industry yeah, it's going to be something. It's, some, it's going to be worth two hundred and seventy billion 
by 2022. It's like it's massive. Wow. So it's time to tap into it. Sure. So then I la- I launched a third course called How to Launch a Successful Online Course. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been really popular. And people are launching courses, doing the course and launching their own courses and are making back the money they've paid me, £97, because I've stopped giving feedback now. It's all like you log in, you do the course online. I've had a website built specifically for the courses and um and I, it's really hands off so i've got a facebook community a closed facebook group that you get access to when you join a course and so um i'm building a community there which is really supportive and i'm really involved in that group but i don't do the weekly feedback anymore okay. so i've made the courses cheaper it's, they're each 97 pounds there's some for 47 pounds and you just do it in your own time and yeah it's all it's all sort of Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Earning with ease. That's so, and what kind of things will you... What tasks will they get given homework and things will they get given in the so now now that i'm not actually giving feedback i do set exercises to help people because i think if you're just given a load of information it's quite hard to digest that what you need is to put that um kind of advice into practice Mm. so i set exercises um for instance on the online course course the first module is all about um, what your course should be on and giving it a name. So then the exercises are around that. It all sounds so great, but there, sh- there must have been at some point any struggles or anything. Do you look back on anything where you'd done it differently? Or did you make any mistakes that you perhaps learned from? So with the early hour, when, as I said earlier, when I had my second baby, that was really stressful. And I wish I'd just being able to think a bit more clearly but when you're busy it's quite hard to think clearly when you just feel like you're under loads of pressure it's hard to say no to work as well it's hard to say no to work yeah and I think there's this idea that if you just put loads of time and energy into a business it will succeed but that's actually not true and that's what I've learned necessarily and that's what I've learned with the online courses what it's about is having a really good idea at the right time and putting in the right kind of work so now I work very part-time I work in total probably like two and a half days a week but it's spread out over like a bit of evening work sometimes, weekends, whenever I can do it. 
or whenever I have the ideas and feel inspired. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it's such a cliche, but every mistake you make, you then learn from and mm. um, it helps you to do it better the next time. But I've, I've had so many business ideas. I was importing <laughs> jumpsuits from India before <laughs> Lucy and Yak was a thing. Um, and yeah, I've set up so many businesses. Really? And then I, I, I went to Goa in January and I came back and I was like, I've got these amazing jumpsuits, they're silk. <laughs> I'm going to sell them for people to wear to festivals. So I set up this business called Annie Loves, selling these jumpsuits. And then my friend, who's a business, like an entrepreneur, he's like, do you think people really want like summer jumpsuits in January when it's freezing in London? <laughs> that business failed I could have persevered but I didn't so yeah I basically had loads of business ideas they've all failed the early hour it didn't fail but it didn't I thought it was going to be the next Huffington Post that was my plan (laughs) I was like I'm going to be Ariana Huffington and it's going to be Huffington Post for parents and that didn't happen um because I set it up as a limited company I thought it would be massive and actually I then closed that limited company um and just decided to keep it on to keep the content going and what the early hour became eventually was a springboard onto other things it got me my book deal it mm. helped with my profile um I met yes, you speak people at events it. and things like yeah, that don't do you yeah. Lives, yeah panels and is the early hour still going alive and well there's still yeah yeah it's still yeah it's still going so now I've kind of got to the early hour is my parenting side of things mm-hmm. and then my personal website annieridout.com is where the courses are hosted and I've got more of a kind of business blog over there so that's I guess the two things I I do and talk about are parenting and business and we talked briefly about the, the use of social media and how that's been such an important tool so how important is it still now and how often do you how much time do you spend on social media so I post I don't actually have a posting schedule I know some people do and that works what I find works better is if I feel really inspired which is usually if something like really bad has happened or something difficult if I'm having a hard day with the children or something really good if I've got like really exciting new news then I have to create the post then and put it out when I'm feeling energized about the idea and when I'm in a place to respond when people start commenting and your posts are very um confessional actually they're long yeah. they're often plugging you know it's all self-promotion which is great and but you get you get quite personal on there as well is there yeah. anything you've ever posted and wish you hadn't and do you talk through some of the the stuff you're sharing with rich before you post so the one not the one thing one of the things i've posted which was really awkward was after i had my son and i had scheduled all this content to go out on the early hour and when i was scheduling the my wordpress uh, website content i was scheduling the social media and i put out something about whether you should vaccinate your children or not it was actually an older article that i'd sort of um republished and I, because when I first published it, I didn't have a following. No one responded to the article. But by that point, I probably had a few thousand followers. And people went wild and were so angry that I had raised this question about whether you should. Um, so they were saying you should or you shouldn't? They were saying you should. And yeah. I think you should, and I yeah. do. But I, the article was kind of two opposing views. Mm-hmm. And people were like vitriolic. They were really rude to me. And I had this new baby and like my boobs probably hurt and I was tired. <laughs> and then and I just went into Instagram and I was like, what? This is a bit intense. I can't deal with it. I had to like block some people who were just so rude. And um, 
And I realised that I, yeah, well, I haven't made, I haven't had many responses like that, actually. I haven't had really any trolling. A few people have cussed my hair sometimes. What? Weird. When I had a fringe. (laughs) They're really weird (laughs) about it. Um, But other than that, it's been really supportive. So I think what I've just learned over time is it's not so much about, um, I'm not, I don't think I'm very controversial. I just talk about my journey and I try to keep it balanced. For instance, I wrote a post recently about Mm co-sleeping because my baby is sleeping with me against the advice of the uh, NHS Mm -hmm. midwives and health visitors. And I know that other people do it and feel they can't talk about it because we're told not to do it. So I did a post about that, but I also said that, you know, I also sleep, have sleep trained my babies and I'll probably sleep train this one. So it's about trying to keep it balanced and I think in general I just look at the content I put out what people respond to and then try to um I want it to be like fairly organic and just about like me and my life but also stuff that people want to read so then I steer the the content like people love the motherhood stuff right that's for me what does really well the bits and stuff a bit but I can only like put the odd post out about my courses for instance does um rich ever say he doesn't want you posting something like that you talk to him first while you're posting yeah so i we decided quite early on that we wouldn't use our children's names um on social media we wouldn't unless when they're babies we don't mind but as they start to sort of look as they will look as they grow older we won't put their faces on social media so we protect them and he like the other day I wanted to put a photo of him and he's like no I look really crap you can't put that out (laughs) so I do I I do always check and I check things like I wanted to talk about how our relationship had been affected by having our daughter our first baby um affected badly and so I checked that with him and he was cool he said Mm. um I think, yeah, he doesn't mind. If it's my, if it's, I would never say anything horrible about him. No. Um, I like cuss him a bit about the way he photographs me so badly. Yeah. But, <laughs> but nothing personal. So it's, only, it's about my experience of becoming a mother, how that affected our relationship. I think we both think that it's important to share these, these stories. How often are you on your phone and how often are you on social media checking emails? If you ask my daughter, she would say always always <laughs> do you um, have, yeah yeah I don't know I I guess well I do know because I've got that thing in the iPhone that tells me about four hours a day oh right yeah do you ever take a digital detox or do you feel that as a business owner who you can't do that I took I did take a digital detox for like 24 hours when I have my baby when it I went into hospital and I thought oh maybe I'll just like let the orders carry on coming in for the courses <laughs> but actually when I was induced, though I could be on my phone, I was on my phone, but I was on the iPlayer app watching Keeping Faith. And uh, that was very nice. And, um, but I didn't do any work. I didn't want to go on Instagram. Suddenly I was like, no, I'm in labor. I shouldn't be like interacting with people. That's just a bit weird. (laughs) And I didn't, I also did it in a slightly superstitious way. I didn't want to say that I was in labor. And I just thought, I know some people do it and you know, it's up to them. I I thought I'll just have 24 hours away so then the next day after I'd given birth I put up a post saying I'd I'd had a baby then I went quiet for a bit but I don't I don't have like a week off social media or anything like that I'm now just imagining you like typing responding to someone on Instagram while you're literally giving birth (laughs) and just thinking maybe now maybe now's the time to put your phone down if there's ever a time I did have um one person was whatsapping me and I said to her can you not whatsapp me at the moment just email me because yeah. whatsapp but then i think it's my family like contacting me yeah and actually if it's about work i didn't i was interviewed recently about um out of office emails because i didn't put one of them on and i don't and i don't believe in them because mm-hmm. i think that people put 
an out of office email on and then they still respond if it's important yeah and then it just confuses the other person yeah, yeah interesting so I, my approach is to just not reply if i'm busy and to reply if i can and if i care right and i think people should just sometimes wait and not expect everything instantly well so we have this big thing in our office because we actually did a feature about out of offices but it's so funny because some people put in they put in an out of office where they're going into a meeting and it's this is funny joke i will be not answering emails for three hours it's like love <laughs> no one cares yeah yeah You're not that important. and it's actually quite annoying getting an out of office so email annoying. it's like you think they're responding and it's like they're the level of detail people go into it's it's a big running joke in our office yeah. i must say um, so do you have any tips then, or I suppose any rules that you impose on yourself on how to have a healthy relationship with social media? So with Instagram, I do, I do a bit of Facebook and Twitter, but I'm mostly focused on Instagram. That's where my following is. Yeah. So I, if I, I think I follow about uh, 1,700 people and I cull it every now and again. And if anything arrives on my feed that makes me feel bad about myself, like there was some body image stuff recently, I was like, I just don't like this stuff. Okay. Um, so anyone who makes me feel bad, I unfollow. I'm trying to curate my feed so that it's people I find inspiring and motivating. Um, and I, yeah, I'm quite brutal now with unfollowing people. I always stay following my friends. I've had friends unfollow me and I'm like, That's, I find that a bit dark. <laughs> Oh, but way hard then again like it, there, there is this online persona thing which isn't me if you meet me for a mm. coffee it's like I, you know i'm not a different person it's it all... is still part of all of your business isn't it it's not you all yeah the time. exactly it's not yeah and in fact i met with this instagram and she's got loads of followers she came for a coffee the other day it stayed for like five hours and um and she's hilarious she's so rude on her instagram story she's so funny is i love she? her following her um and she came around and then you have this expectation of what she's going to be like because I've only met her through Instagram and yeah. she did of me and it was just quite interesting. Was she, she nothing still like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. So no, it's good. No, but it's like a tamer version. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You're not your true self really, are you all the time? Yeah. Um, so can you describe for me a typical working day then? How, what time you get up, what time you're working from and until? So do you know I've noticed? Six past six every morning I wake up at the moment weirdly specific be, i know it's like when the babe seems to wake up so he sleeps with me so i wake up with him on me and we are feed him and then we go down have i drink two coffees and then sometimes a third and have breakfast and the kids are sort of playing baby needs like feeding and rocking to sleep chat with rich so we all kind of hang out from six until eight thirty, and then at the moment rich does the school and nursery run so my daughter's at school every day. My son's at nursery two days a week. And I hang out with the baby, maybe get a coffee. And then usually try and do a bit of work. Sometimes pretend I'm going to do something like go to the Tate Modern. Never do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make the most of my flexible life. Watch Love Island instead. <laughs> Not into Love Island, but yeah, something else. For a while, I did have a nice thing. When he was really like a few weeks old watching working mums on netflix and like eating chocolate biscuits that was nice the now i'm back into the routine and then so i find myself at the moment meeting people for a coffee like once or twice a week and i never know if i should be doing that in my like potential working hours or if i shouldn't but yesterday i decided it's good because it's inspiring mm. and it's always like women who are doing cool things that you know and chatting about stuff i think it's good to branch out yeah leave the house yeah, it's part of networking as well isn't it yeah, so you never exactly. know where the ideas are going to come from it's always good to have contacts yeah. as a journalist in yeah you, of course okay plans for the future of 
Annie Redoubt and The Early Hour. What's next? More books? Uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be another book. Exciting. Which I can't talk about properly yet. I don't okay. even know if I can say that. I'm sure it's fine. Um, yeah, that's definitely happening. Um, and a new course is launching, which is about talking to camera with confidence. Because people keep saying to me, oh, you know, I really want to do Instagram stories and talk to camera, but I feel like an idiot. How do you do it? And I've been giving out all these tips and I was like, this could be a really good, really Mm. cheap, short course. So I've designed a two week course. It's £25 and it's, I'll start talking about it on social media soon. But um, it's just teaching people how to basically talk into their phone or to be filmed by someone else. But it's quite kind of nerve-wracking when you're looking at either your your own phone or someone else, even more so, is behind a camera. Um, so there are yeah, lots of tips for doing that. And then I set a five-day challenge to make them film themselves and share it online every day for five days. And where can people find out more about your work? At AnnieRidout, R-I-D-O-U-T dot com. That's where there's more about me. There's the online course section um, the early hour is my other website, and then I'm at Annie Ridout on Instagram, Twitter. And finally, you touched on this before about your mentor. I really wanted to ask about your mentor, Tracy, at the Princess yeah. Trust. Can you just tell me a little, go into a bit more detail about how why Tracy was so important, why having a mentor is so important, um, and do you have one now currently? So I don't have a proper mentor. But I do, I kind of feel like, so when I, I, Tracy was the first mentor I'd ever had and she was amazing. I was writing my business plan. She was someone I could go to and have a meeting with and she would listen and she cared and she helped me so much with PR and my business plan. But then through the Prince of Trust, you have help with your business plan and then you present your business idea to a panel, which is like a Dragon's Den style thing with like five big business, you know, important business people who decide whether your business is financially viable. So I did that panel. They passed me through. And then I didn't have Tracy as a mentor anymore. I asked if I could still have her, but she was only for that first stage. So then I was assigned a man who was very successful and rich and uh, could have helped me a lot. But I was pregnant by that time with my son, my second baby. And when I left to have the baby, he just went quiet, the mentor, for six months. And obviously just assumed I wouldn't be working, though I was. And eventually I was trying to contact him and he'd just gone quiet. I don't think he really believed in what I was doing. So I complained and I got assigned a new mentor. But by that point, I didn't really need one. And what I started to do was lots of networking, a lot of networking online, some in person. And I developed all these mentors through just like really informal mentors who are my friends. So I'd Mm. my sister is a mentor. My dad, who runs his own businesses, is a mentor. My mum is a counsellor. She's really good about how you kind of deal with customers and deal with people. My brother runs his own business. Rich is amazing at advising me on business stuff and like personal stuff. Uh, And then just lots of um, really inspiring women around me. So they're kind of all my mentors now. And I don't feel like I need one person. Wow, fantastic. Annie, thank you so much for coming on Secrets of the Side Hustle and sharing your amazing story. Cheers. I really want to take this moment to thank Annie, not only for letting us come into her beautiful home to record this episode, but also for being so honest and outspoken about her business and family life. She gave such fantastic insight into building your business from the small moments in between your newborn sleeping pattern to tackling larger scale productions such as writing a book. 
She is a great example of a woman who knows how to work a side hustle. Thank you all so much for listening. And of course, please subscribe, share and rate the show on Acast, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you indulge in your podcast habit. Make sure to tell your friends and family, especially if you think this podcast will help them with their own side hustle. I've been Scarlett Russell, and this has been Secrets of the Side Hustle. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.